0: This is a segment from The Annex, an academic sociology-themed podcast. For more, visit us on the web at theannexpodcast.com. Who's next?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I can go next, like putting myself in hot water yet again. Yeah. Right. First, uh, first, I'm a traitor to women, and now I'm going to talk about DACA. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, one of, I think one of the aspects of this whole government shutdown, um, you know, sort of the standoff between the Republicans on one side saying we need like total immigration reform, which they actually wouldn't work on before, but now all of a sudden it's totally important. Um, we need total immigration reform, um, that basically seems to say tit for tat, um, you can have your DACA people, but then we need to put a kibosh on all these other people who are trying to come in unless they're from Norway. Um, and, um, and then on the other side, you have, um, you have the Democrats who are saying, Hey, no deal, no deal on anything unless we can talk about DACA and a pathway to citizenship. And one of the things that I find really interesting about this whole story is actually the way that, um, the way the DACA recipients and dreamers have been framed throughout this and what I feel like this conversation for at least the past year and a half, right. Um, You know, DACA recipients have been framed as almost like our, the new model minority. Right. Um, Mm. And I actually think that that is actually a really, really, really dangerous way for regardless of your political persuasion to be framing, um, uh, DACA. I mean, it's, it's, it's a way of separate of, it's a way of actually separating out, um, you know, DACA recipients from other immigrants and, you know, as elevating the one group as being deserving and like almost like all the other groups as being sort of, mm um, Right. So I don't know how I don't know how you all are thinking about this, this whole topic. Well,
2: that's interesting, because I know that at one point um, the DACA recipients themselves objected to that framing because they wouldn't be happy, basically, with a deal that just got them and uh, nobody else. Um, So I, I thought that was interesting because a few months ago there was a deal where the DACA recipients themselves were opposed to, the Democrats were getting close to a deal on this with the Republicans and the president, where, uh, you know, it basically gives them legal status, but not necessarily anybody else. And a lot of them were objecting because they most wanted a deal that included their parents. And so they rejected the deal that would say, well, they were brought in through no fault of their own. It was their parents' fault, which, you know, implicitly exonerates them, but also uh, blames their parents. And so kind of the, the yeah. natural, uh, if you have that framing, the natural interpretation is to say they should be, uh, allowed status either as a clean bill or as part of a quid pro quo for enforcement. Um, but not their parents. Mm-hmm. And th- that's not the deal mm-hmm. that appeals necessarily to them. And some of them, I have no idea how many of them, uh, but certainly some of the vocal, uh, activist types were saying, uh, we're not interested in that deal. We, we only want it if we get to bring everybody in. And, and and that generally strikes me as a special case of why it's so hard to reach a deal on this, which is that um, you're seeing real polarization uh, on this issue where, you know, there wasn't nearly I mean, there was an attempt to do comprehensive immigration reform 10 years ago, maybe even a little longer ago than that during the second term of the Bush administration, George W. Bush administration. And that failed because there was a revolt of the Republican base. Mm-hmm. But compared to now, the the party's bases were nowhere near uh, as far apart as uh, then as they are now. I mean, so um, mm-hmm. if you look at the uh, the Democratic Party platforms from as recently as ten years ago, uh, they they included uh, a, a part of the platform was enhanced enforcement. Not just border enforcement, but also things like e-verify and um, employer sanctions that that you can't get. Uh, mm-hmm. Demo- Democrats don't like to talk about that sort of thing anymore. In fact, they vehemently reject it. And you know, you kind of have this polarization where it used to be that there was a fairly close consensus. But you know, on the right, you have people who want to cut legal immigration, uh, and you know, and then on the left, you have uh, kind of a slow creep towards an open borders position. Uh, And, you know, Hillary Clinton more or less campaigned on wet foot, dry foot uh, position for the entire world. Uh, You know, she kind of had her position explicitly was you should only deport people if they're convicted of a felony, Uh, which is which was very different from Barack Obama's position in 2008. So I, I feel like because the two parties have these polarized uh, positions, it becomes much harder to reach a deal, especially when you have low levels of trust.
0: So here's the thing, though, they are good kids. Like I don't, it's very, it was very hard to get DACA. And I, I you know, Leslie, what, what about the, the idea that if, uh, you know, there's, there's a strong anti-immigrant sentiment, there is a fervor, not just among, Repo- like Obama was a very active deporter as well. And if we can just get a little sympathy
2: well, well, wait a second. Wait a second, because a lot of Obama's, a lot of that was an accounting trick. Like uh, my understanding is that interior enforcement went down uh, during Obama, and the reported uptick in deportations under Obama was that the old practice at is if you is if uh, Border Patrol apprehended somebody at the border, they just told them to turn around and go home. Uh, whereas in the Obama administration, they started actually processing those and therefore counting them in the statistics. And the reason for that was because he wanted to show – it was almost like theater in order to get a You know a what? Obama deal. got
0: bad blowback about ICE throughout his entire presidency. So, I mean, he, he paid a price. Yeah, which
2: was the yeah. point. He wanted – no, no, but it, it was a sister-soldier thing. It, it wasn't an actual I, change in policy. It was like I'm going to piss off my base in order to show credibility to the other side I, so that they'll bargain. I don't know if
0: that – didn't work. I don't know if that's that was true, but let's just – whatever it is, like uh, – Good kids, so they're
1: good kids, Gabe. I mean, I'm not arguing on that, I'm just saying
2: that uh, this idea that Obama, uh, you know, increased deportations, it depends. He did, in terms of he did, but as an accounting trick,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I'm so I'm actually when I said they're good kids, I mean, it's me actually Mm -hmm. replying to Joe's comment, right? And here's the thing like, no one's like, no one's saying they aren't, but I mean. Uh, presumably, part of the reason why they're good yeah, kids sure. is because they had good parents, right? Uh, also, because they pro- they may have also had great older brothers and sisters who, qualify, for whatever yeah. reason, because of DACA mm-hmm. rules, don't qualify, right? I mean, there are a bunch of. I mean, I think that there are scores, there are hundreds upon thousands of immigrants who were here who were. Un, both documented and undocumented, who are great people, right? And who contribute to, um, to our society, to our economy. And um, I kind of feel like what's going on in this debate is that you have one side that's like, okay, fine, we actually we're actually kind of anti-immigration right now, unless it's people from certain countries, unless it's people with certain kinds of skills. Well, there, there's right? a point where
2: you and, see a divergence and, between the president and his smarter supporters, right? And I and I have yeah, no idea which yeah. one better represents the base. I, I at times I suspect the cynical interpretation would be that the president has a better uh, grasp on you know what the base wants than the base uh, want his whites. smarter supporters. They want white people. If, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm entire, I think that's entirely possible. You know, no, uh, but here's the thing. Uh,
1: I think, I think the base wants whites, but then they also want the immigrants who do the support work that makes their life better. Right. And then all the rest of the immigrants, they can't come in.
2: If you look at the, you know, the policy positions from people like Cotton, they're basically let in anybody who has, you know, basically a good education. Uh, you know, high mm-hmm. skills, that sort of thing. But if you, a, again, you're right to characterize the president's uh, rhetoric as that. Um, but like, you know, the 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 more serious restrictionists uh, will emphasize skill, not national origin. But, per but se. I'm saying
0: these kids are good kids, mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. we, if if somehow there can be a deal that. Ensures that they can stay, and then we can move on to other immigration issues. I, I'm all for it. You know, I, I I understand that. Like to to my mind, to put them in the same basket with everybody else is to say, look, guys, uh, you know, we need we need you to take more risk of being deported. We need you to take more risk of, you know, of of having to leave when uh, you know to help everybody else. When really, like.
2: I don't know. I think we. Oh, but they're but they're not in the same basket in the sense that uh, the restrictionists are much more willing yeah. to make a deal on them than on other categories of. Uh, well, I think that's categories. what Les's
0: thing, and then they get to the exception that nobody yeah. cares about the rest of them. And I'm saying, well, you know, they they do. I think they deserve an expedient sort of help. And I I really don't want them to be deported because, I mean, they're really really victims in in this whole circumstance.
1: Well, I mean, and I agree with you. But at the same time, I mean, you know, like we're about to send a bunch of Salvadorans back to a country that arguably the United States is responsible for creating the conditions under which those same Salvadorans ended up coming to this country in the first place right? So is that their fault? I mean, think about Haiti and think about the Haitians who we're about to send back, right? I mean, it's, you know what I mean? I I think the problem and the reason why I bring this up isn't because I don't think DACA recipients shouldn't be right away. I mean, yesterday there should have been this pathway to citizenship for them. That's, to me, that's not a question, right? Right. The reason why I bring it up is because this whole language of deserving and undeserving, right, of good versus not so good, um, uh, of worthy versus unworthy, that's what troubles me.
0: For more, visit us on the web, theannexpodcast.com.